a los cubanos directamente de Panam, de París, para ser exacto de Chehuam, donde están los de la nueva generación, son y mira, ponte en el fuego de la acción, compresión. All right, you guys. Um, welcome to my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Um, I'm really excited because today is not only a beautiful day where I'm at, if, by the way, you guys are wondering where I'm at. I'm in Pasadena. Um, but I get to do a podcast with a very special guest today. I'm sure if you guys follow me on Instagram, you remember a couple weeks ago, I posted something on my story saying that I started this podcast and I was looking for people who were interesting or maybe had a story, um, people who are inspiring that you would like me to reach out to and just kind of pick their brains and have a conversation with. Um, none of you guys gave me any suggestions, so it's all good. I, I took the initiative and I decided to uh, reach out to this person on my own. Um, I actually came across this person's Instagram about a month and a half ago and um, there's two things I connected with on a very personal level, one being Cuban and two having a very, very special love for food. So I'm really excited to be introducing my next guest, Eddie Zamora. He is TV host and judge on Dinner Takes All, which you guys can find on BYU TV. But you may know him as the Yum Yum Foodie on all his social media platforms and his personal food blog, which shows all his wonderful and not so wonderful experiences, as he likes to say it or call it. Um, traveling around the world, which I'm so jealous of, showing all the foods that inspire and move him. So I'm really excited to have him on. And yeah, let's get started. You guys are probably wondering how my, you know, how we got here. Um, honestly, I just reached out to him, and that's really what it comes down to—is just kind of, you know, contacting people. Maybe I was scared. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Um, reaching out to people you don't know who may inspire you in some way that you look up to. Um, sometimes just asking a question is all it takes. And uh, I, fortunately, when I asked him, "Hey, what can I do to have you on a podcast?" he was so kind enough to say, "Just ask." So um, now I'm here, and this was a week ago. So dreams come true. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And now I'm bringing him protein donuts and the whole jam. We're oh, going to have yeah, a little no, cafecito I'm, after this. I'm ready to scarf it down. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's get into it. For sure. How, how's your day going? <laughs> uh, it, is a, it is a beautiful day it here really is. in it Southern really is. California. Because let me tell you, being born and raised in Miami, and I said, uh, you mentioned I moved to Pasadena two years ago, but I've been in L.A. for 15 years now. Right. Going on Going on 15 years is crazy, um, but it is a beautiful day because I know right now in Miami, people are prepping themselves for that afternoon thunderstorm that's going to ruin your day. <laughs> so I, I do not miss that, but uh, it is a beautiful day. We yeah. live in one of the most beautiful places totally. in the world. I, I agree. And it's funny because I was just saying, you know, I, w I would be down to move to Miami for a year and he's like, yeah, you'll be ready to come right back after, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like I definitely don't doubt that because after being there, you know... Um, um, a couple weeks ago the weather is definitely it's temperamental that's for sure so um, but you know like it's good to get out somewhere new for a couple months or something so I would be down but I definitely come back to California <laughs> so um, let's see let's uh, talk about kind of how you grew up like being Cuban and being in Miami and kind of how you got into food oh man well so it's it's ironical that I'm so into food now because as a kid I was so finicky. Really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my parents we would go to. I mean, when you when you grow up in Miami, every kid's trip is Disney World. Uh, it's just funny that Cuban parents are so courageous to come over from from an island and go through all that they went through to get to the United States, but then to get them to travel outside of Miami right. is impossible. No. So you know, Disney World was my trip. And uh, I still remember being a kid and I was such a pain in the ass about food that my parents would have to bring food. Mm -hmm. And then not only would they have to bring food, but if it was like a, a stew, a botaje, they would have to put it in a blender so that I would eat it. Oh my god! I was the biggest pain in the ass Stop. of a kid, but food uh, eventually became such an intricate part of my life. And I think food is something that connects connects you to no matter where you are because me, let's say, being, being from Miami and being Cuban, I can walk in any city in the United States see a Cuban restaurant and automatically the food, the, it, it connects me to something. Right. So I think it kind of has that universal effect on people. Right. What did you eat when you were growing up? Like what would you eat when you weren't, you know, being so finicky? When I wasn't being finicky, it, let's say if we we're going to break down like Cuban food that I loved, oh man, I used to love ropa vieja, was like my jam, yeah. which is funny because I don't care for it too much really? now. I think I ate it so much as a kid. Um, but... I love like Cuban sandwiches, croquetas. Mm. Like you put a croqueta in a room, so and good. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, no, croquetas. croquetas in life, man. They're Pretty life. much. I think I dive into a pool of sharks for croquetas. That's what I love about <laughs> Miami. Time. That's what I love about Miami is just that, like, at least over there, and if you guys don't know what croquetas are, you need to go and try them. And, I mean, have, where in, um, have you had any croquetas here in California other than, like, Portos that you feel are, like, okay, these are authentic, bomb-ass croquetas? Um, where did I have croquetas? Well, unfortunately, the place that I had croquetas at, Closed. It was called La Caridad, and it was in uh, Echo Park. Always the best one. I know, I know. And La Caridad, you would walk into it, and it felt like you were oh. in Hialeah. Mm-hmm. Like you walked into a place, it was like old Cuba. Hialeah is a is a Cuban neighborhood in Miami, and uh, <laughs> it felt like you would walk in. You see like the old Cuban guys in the back corner. Oh, you right. would see at the time Yasiel Puig played for the Dodgers, and he was like, you know, you would see him there because right. that's where they would go. Yeah. Um. So that was a place that was pretty legit. Uh. And I mean. Trying to think, where I always end up getting them from Portos when I do no, want croquetas, but they're, they get the job done. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of something that I reserve for when I go back to Miami. Right. Isla Canaria. There's a restaurant mm-hmm. called Isla Canaria that has the best croquetas on the planet. In Miami. In Miami. Okay. Uh, in fact, I want to say that that's where Michelle Bernstein took Anthony Bourdain oh when he was in Miami. She took him to Isla Canaria. Okay. Um, and I also like La Carreta, which is iconic. The beauty about Cuban food is I feel like it really brings families together. So when I was growing up, my grandfather, um, my family actually migrated here from Cuba when the whole cat, when Castro came in and took everything, obviously. And my grandfather was uh, a baker and a chef mm-hmm. there. Um, and he had his business and Fidel came and took his business, obviously. So when he came here, he was baking bread in his garage until he can open up a little hole in the wall. Um, and he worked there until he died. So I literally, and I never had like a connection with food like what you're saying. So it's actually funny that you're saying that because I never had a connection until he passed away. And um, when I went to his funeral, I was like so in shock with how many people were there and how his food food connected them to him. And there was people who were coming in who I've never seen in my life. And there was people who were coming out of the door like in his funeral and they were like, he just, when I was living on the streets, he would just let me come in, he'd give me bread. And that to me was like, wow, okay, you know? And so that's when I realized food is so much more than just, you know, it's a, it brings families together, it brings people together. It's like a conversation when I went to Cuba and I was just so over it here. I was like, you know, there's no authenticity. I can't sit down and have a conversation and look at somebody in the eye and really feel like I'm, I'm talking to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was over everybody, everybody's in the phone, everybody, you know, I couldn't get in a real relationship because everybody's head is up their ass and they wanted, you know, it's just what it is here. Yeah. And I went there and it was just like, we're in the moment. We're, we're here looking at the sunset, we're on the rooftop and we're having one or two beers and having a conversation and not yeah. getting plastered. And that to me was like, it, it really, even though it's so shitty over there, it's so beautiful too. That's why it's like following Marisa, it's like, you know, it's so bittersweet, you know, seeing, what's happening and um but when it comes down to the food i just when you guys understand why i love cuban people and cuban food so much it's really because of that because i grew up realizing that it brought my family together so much so yeah i mean my my mom uh passed away in 2006 and i still to this day will have friends that tried one of her uh, nati, uh, which is like a, a like a vanilla custard right. pudding or a roco leche, a rice pudding, and, and they, they still tell. talk to me about my mom's food. Um, you know, twenty years later, yeah. people are coming. At, re- recently, I ran into a friend from high school who lives out here. It's amazing. And she was like, "Man, I was thinking about your <laughs> mom's rice pudding the other day," and I was like, "Yeah, man." I do not have that recipe, unfortunately. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's the su- that's the sucky thing is because literally yeah. when my gro- my grandpa made the best croquetas, and I remember like my favorite thing, and I didn't even remember because I was so selfish in the moment. You know, we really mm-hmm. we don't realize how how lucky we are until we lose those things. Yep. Um, just going into the bakery and getting fresh bread that just came out of the oven, or uh, getting croquetas that are, you know, authentic and made from the heart, and that's. Um, so when my grandfather passed away, I actually had a tryout for a master chef and I was like, I need to learn the authentic Cuban food. That's the one thing I don't know. And mm-hmm. so, uh, she taught me croquetas and I was really excited about that's that. Awesome. I was like, yes! yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have his recipe, but that's like one thing I was like, ah, I wish I, I learned everything from him. So, but it's fine. Like, it's good. That's why I feel it's, it's such a good thing to get to meet other people like you and people who are also in the industry because it's food brings people together in such a way that I don't know if you're not in this, you don't really understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> food can make a major impact. Yeah. Like I'll, I won't remember, I won't remember sometimes most of a of a vacation or a trip, and right. I'll remember a drink that I had. Right. I'll remember a, a dish that I had somewhere, 
And that's what resonated from the trip. It'll be that experience. Totally. Because it connects on so many senses. Totally. You yeah. Know? Like, or something that, like, when I watch Gordon, he's like my favorite. I always say, like, I don't give a shit who anybody is. I really don't. Uh, but if I meet Gordon Ramsay or somebody who's in cooking that I feel is making an impact, like, I love him. I really do. Yeah, I love Gordon Ramsay, too. I really love yeah. him. Um, that's, like, my celebrity everything. But I just feel like when he eats something that tastes like home or any of those chefs, you see it in their face. And it's a, it takes them to a whole other place. And that's different. That's a different taste. Though. Well, he really resonates his childhood. His childhood really resonates in his menus because... Uh, his favorite dessert was sticky toffee pudding. And if you go to any Gordon Ramsay restaurant, there's a different interpretation of sticky toffee pudding that he serves really? at every restaurant. So yeah. You haven't even tried it. And that's a thing that I'll do whenever I go to one of his restaurants. I always have to have the sticky toffee pudding you have because to try it, his home. I have to try it. But it's always a different version. Right. Like my favorite's still the one at the Paris in Las Vegas. I was gonna say, what's uh, your favorite? <laughs> that's my favorite one, the one at the Paris in Las Vegas, because it it's like a cake and then it has what looks like a stick of butter, but it's actually wow. Uh, I want to say it's like a buttercream ice cream right. made to look like a stick of butter with a butter knife. Oh my gosh. So it looks like you're spreading butter on this bread, but it's actually the sticky toffee cake. That sounds like heaven. It's so dope. And wow. it's, you know, I don't even want to know how many calories are in it, but that's all good. Okay. You know, that's all I'm good. I'm a trainer. It's okay. I'll try it. It's okay. Don't worry about We'll that. run it down. Exactly. We'll calorie count it. Um, so when did your like taste buds start changing? When did you really start, you know, getting so, into the good stuff? Yeah. It's funny because, uh, um, my first dive into culinary anything, the, the, the thing that really shifted me was I had a friend who I've known now for 30 years, 30 plus years, and at the time he was studying in Barcelona. Okay. And he said to me, I was living in Miami, this was like 2002, and he said, Eddie, I'm, you know, do you want to come visit me when I'm in Barcelona? I have a week off okay. here. You can come to Barcelona, we'll spend some time here, and then we'll travel for a week. I said, okay, cool. I saved whatever money I could and I did the thing. I went to Barcelona and my first time in Barcelona trying the food there, trying the croquetas in Barcelona. If you think croquetas are good from Cuba, yeah. you have not had a croqueta until you have one from Spain. Really? With jamón serrano, it'll blow your mind. Um, so that was my first dive was Barcelona. And then within that experience, I got to go to Paris, to Rome. Uh, and, and I saw even how the most simple food, not expensive food, right. can make an impact. Where here, I always felt that the simple, inexpensive food was fast food and it wasn't necessarily good for you. Right. Over there, it's very different. Right. Over there, you can find things that are inexpensive that are still well prepared and you know aren't going to destroy your digestive system right. and, totally. and predispose you to diabetes, I guess. Totally. Yeah, my boyfriend's parents just came back from um, Paris and they were saying, I have never had... I believe it was the bread. Like, we never had... Oh, I'm sorry. The French fries. The French fries in Paris. And I'm like... How funny because everybody always talks yeah. about you know french fries is you know has french but they're like we never had any it's because the food is so clean and pure and when i go to cancun for instance i always just feel like i'm eating food that really just came out from the ground that like that's really truly how i feel and people don't understand the authenticity of that pure honest clean food until you're actually eating it or live in europe or, or somewhere like where the food is just so clean and delicious yeah i mean and, and uh food is in general like you know vegetables for example are a yeah. direct representation of the earth that they come from which is why you can have potatoes from here potatoes from there right. and they're going to taste very different you're trying the totally. same potato uh but the earth is what makes it taste different like right. things like vidalia onions from georgia they're very specific they're very specific sweet onion and no other onion tastes like it you can grow onions everywhere right but my favorite are the ones from oh, Georgia yeah. that are Vidalia onions that they only are around for a few months in the summer and that's it. Right. That's so interesting because now I want to just get out of here and start trying things from you know, other places because there's pe even they were saying the strawberries there. They've never tried something so delicious. Like a strawberry. How? You know, like I, and now I'll go to Trader Joe's or I go anywhere, honestly, and I'm on the search for the best strawberries because mm -hmm. they're not in season, obviously, but still, it's just. You can't find any good strawberries anywhere, and so I want to have that taste. I want to taste that pure deliciousness that they're, you know, that, you know, preaching to me about. But I'll get there because you're also inspiring me now to like travel. So when you started doing that, when you got to Spain, was that like the open door for you to start traveling and doing yes. stuff? Yeah, no, I, I still remember the meal. Uh, I had a parrillada de mariscos, which is like a grilled seafood yeah. plate at a place called La Mar de Bo, I think it was what it was, on the waterfront in Barcelona. Wow. And I remember, I was broke, and my parents ended up saying like, hey, you know, take your friend out to dinner, we're gonna pay for it. Okay. And uh, at that time, the dollar was still so much better than the euro, 
that we had this ridiculous meal and it was less than a hundred bucks. We had like two bottles of wine, lobsters. Wow. It was it was incredible. Um, and I'll never forget it. I came back from Spain, well, from that trip to Europe in general, with a newfound appreciation for food. And uh, then I started uh, just going around Miami and uh, wanting to try different things that I, I didn't even know existed. It's it's almost like uh, once once you you know once you own a car of a particular color, you start seeing that car everywhere. Right. It's the same thing. Once you taste something like that, you, all of a sudden I was like, wow, I started seeing opportunities to try that mm -hmm. again uh, all over Miami. And Miami at that time was still not what it is now culinarily. It's, it was still more in the fledgling stage of right. that. Right. Um, right. The, the people weren't as open-minded to food as they are now. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's an evolution. Totally. You know? um, and what, what age were you at at that time? I would have been in my early 20s. Okay. Yeah, so. I was in my early 20s when I really, when I felt that, uh, that impact. And then it didn't just open me up to food. That trip to Europe opened me up to wine. Ooh. Uh, and I, I started becoming passionate about wanting to learn about wine. Okay. And, and, you know, as silly as it sounds, even at that age, you would go out on a date and you're like, man, I don't, I feel stupid ordering wine because I don't know anything about That's wine. That's me. That's me. Uh, and I didn't want to feel like that. Right. I wanted to feel somewhat educated so that I didn't have to get the most expensive bottle for me to know that, it, quote right. unquote, it was good. Right. It, it's more about wanting to find out what I didn't like as opposed to what I liked. It was really interesting because there's certain things I was like, no, I know I don't like that. Well, now I know who to talk to. Yeah. Uh, I'm your go-to, man. I'm, I, yeah. There's this app somebody gave me and they're like, this is the app that you put, you know, you put if you remember a drink that you had that you don't, you know, necessarily drink in you know, any other passings and then mm -hmm. you can remember it and order it in the future. And I'm like, wow, that's such a great idea. But I'm not a high drinker. I hate drinking. I feel like I'm allergic to like hard alcohol, but I love wine. I just okay. don't know what I like. Got so it. I'm like, okay, what can I drink? And so I don't take the time to figure it out. Cause I'm like, oh my God, there's so many bottles. What do I pick? So yeah. now I know who to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, bring it. Um, and are you a personal chef yourself? Have you been like... No, I'm, I'm not a chef. It's funny. So I moved out to Los Angeles, uh, like so many people, to, to be an actor. I was a talk show host in Miami um, on a, like a roundtable style talk show. Oh, cool. And after that ran its course, I saved up every penny I could uh, because I knew that my opportunities were going to be here. Right. I knew, I knew there was a possibility I could stay in Miami, but um, I knew that I, I, if I really wanted to build a career... It was better to be a small fish in a big pond than a big fish in a little pond. Right. I wanted to challenge myself. Right. And that's how I am. I'm courageous like that. I just moved across. I just said, yeah. screw it. And I moved across the world. And, you know, across, uh, across the United States. Um, oh, bear with me. I want to, I, I like, I totally no, spaced okay. out for a second because I'm remembering that moment of moving across the country. Yeah. I just went right back. I went right back to that place. Uh, so like any, any actor, when you get here, you're trying to work. Right. Uh, I couldn't become an Uber driver as Uber didn't exist. Right. <laughs> it's what I say that all the time. I get Uber and I'm like, man, if this would have existed when I moved to LA, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But like many people in the entertainment business in LA, I, I worked in restaurants um, and I got an opportunity to work for a high-end catering company. Okay. Through a series of events where chefs wouldn't show up or cooks wouldn't show up. Hey, Eddie. Jump in there, and uh, this is how you make that steak. You know, wow. don't mess it up because this steak is from this ranch. It's grass-fed. Make sure the temperature of the grill goes to this. Cook it for this amount of time on this side, this amount of time on that side, and take it off. Let it rest for this. Oh my gosh! And I, I've always been that kid who you hated in school because I would ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Not because I wanted to hear the sound of my voice, but because I was, I have questions. I was curious. Really? I always wanted to learn. Yeah. And that's how it was when I worked in catering. I wanted to learn from these chefs that I, that I worked with, how they made this, how they made that, what was in that sauce, why did I like this? I was trying foods that I couldn't afford. Right. Um, and then also that were so new to me and it opened me up to a vast world of culinary things and, and that's when I really started to get into cooking. Wow. Was that opportunity. I wanted to learn how to cook for myself, cook for my friends, have people over. Uh, and then that was kind of the boom also of, of cooking shows on television starting. Right. Well, shows like Iron Chef. Right. I would watch that and be blown away by what these, you know, the, these artists do. Uh, and I became a different appreciation. The chef went from back of the house to almost front of the house now. You knew who the chef was. Right. Um, and, and it wasn't like that for years. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, I love that, though. I love that it's changing so much yeah. and that it's changed so much, uh, especially that you're saying Miami. Because when I go to Miami, I feel like there's so much so much food, like so many places to go now, you know? And you're saying it wasn't always like that. Um What's your favorite place other than like a Cuban place to go to in Miami? In Miami? 
What's funny is my my so I have a couple of places that I really enjoy going to, but my favorite place right now, ironically, is a Cuban chef. Okay. Um, but it's not Cuban food. Okay. It's almost like I want to say modern modern Cuban cuisine. So there's no arroz frijoles. That. There's no, but there's going to be a lot of flavors right. and a lot of ingredients uh, that'll that'll he'll he'll make a flan, mm. uh, but he'll make it with mushrooms. It'll huh. be a mushroom flan, so it'll be a savory sweet flan. It's a place called Ariette. And it's in Coconut Grove, uh, close to the area where I where I grew up, and it's a it's a chef from Miami named Michael Beltran, son of Cuban exiles just like me. Love it. Uh, very similar stories out of Miami, just you know, two 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 kids from Miami who went in different directions, obviously. Uh, but the first time I tried the food at that restaurant, it it, it made an impact because I love to see people evolve. Right, right. And to me, that was a prime example of a human from a Cuban background, but evolved in a different way. Right. And I, that's so Still stuck to the roots, but involved. I love that so much because, um, yeah, I, everybody has been asking me, like, you should open up a restaurant, you should do this, da 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 da. And I'm like, I don't want to. But if I was, I would love to do an authentic, like a, you know, a new and like Cuban, something like that. But he's doing it. So it's like, I'm going to let him, I love that somebody is doing that. Yeah, I mean, in fact, uh, I hope to be going to Miami in September. And he opened up a new concept, which is a Cuban diner. Ooh. So an American diner, wow. but Cuban. It's really interesting. So it instead is. of the burger, it's the Cuban frita. Mm. Um, and I mean, the stuff that I've seen from the menu, I, like I can't wait to go and try it. And it's just something different. Even though, you know, Miami, there's an abundance of Cuban food. So here's a different opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always excited to, to see how people reinterpret dishes right. that they're very familiar with, let's say. Right. That is so interesting. Huh. Well, next time I go there, I'm going to definitely go check yeah, it out. Yeah, you got to make a note. There's so many good places to eat in Miami, but I, I that I, that place resonates with me a lot. I wonder if my boyfriend's parents have been there because they're always like about going to all the, the best places. So um, I'll have to ask yeah, them. I'm a big advocate for Miami, mm-hmm. but I'm also a big critic. Yeah, it sounds like everybody that's in California from Miami. I feel like everybody, like my boyfriend, for instance, like they came here because they're over the bullshit there or something or I don't know. I mean, you know, Miami has so many great things and it's it's my home. You know, I, I, I have so much nostalgia toward it. If I see Miami on TV sometimes, man, I can get a tear in my eye just thinking about how how amazing my childhood was, right? right. Um, but I find that so many times in the culinary world in Miami, they're A, late to the game. You know, it'll be like something opens up and everybody in Miami gets so excited and, you know, the world is looking. I'm like, guys, that, that existed for the past 15 years in every other major city in the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's great that you're trying, but let's come up with something original. Right. Um, I, I like to find places that aren't good for Miami. They're good. So it's not like you're just in Miami. Oh, this place is good, you know, for Miami. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, Arias not like that. There's a place called KYU in, or it's, I don't know if it's pronounced KYU or Q in, in Wynwood. Another great restaurant down down in Miami and there, there's a lot of cool stuff going on so it's it's one of those things I'm also the biggest critic I don't want it to be cool sometimes in Miami they're so focused on something being cool before it's good yes let it be good first let totally. it be great first the cool can happen it can be cool and great but it's not about the scene and and that right. was like a a, a a big challenge for me to deal with which is part of why I can be really harsh on places in right, Miami. Because right. I just want them to be better. Totally. Not because I want them to fail. I want them to be amazing. Yeah, of course. Well, that, who? What kind of person would you be? You would not be the f- yum yum foodie if you weren't real and you didn't tell these people like, hey, you should work on this. You would be doing them a disservice. Sorry, guys. We just, uh, I lost you there. But we're going back. We were just talking about um, him being real about critiquing people and making sure that you don't, you know, just... Tell people what they want to hear. That's so important. Yeah, no, I'm not the person to come to if if you're if you're expecting me to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, I don't come from a place of anger or, or that. That's not where I come from. I'm not out to disparage you. Right. I always want you to be better. Totally. And one of the things that I, I feel I bring to the table is because I I've traveled so much and I've eaten in so many interesting places and tried so many interesting things. I I bring a different facet of that. To, to my perspective right. when it comes to when it comes to food. And, and there's a word in Japanese that I love. It's called Kaizen. I don't know if you've ever heard that word before. Kaizen means continuous improvement. Okay. It means there is no best at anything, only better. So you're always getting better. Improving. Yes. Yeah. So the minute you think you have the world record for whatever, somebody's going to be better than you right. always. And you strive. You're always striving. So that that is a word that, that really resonates with me and I bring it into my life. Right. I'm always trying to be better at, at what I do. You know, I mean, my, my parents went through so much to get to where they came. And 
I, I, I feel compelled to honor them yeah. in every way, shape, or form. Totally. So from the from every day when I get up, that is as silly as it sounds, whatever it takes for you, because everybody's different, you know? Some people don't get along with their parents. I, I got along magnificently well with my parents, and I was very lucky that they supported me right. in everything that I ever did. No matter what crazy thought came through my mind, my parents supported me. Um, but I, I find that if I, if I do things in the sense of honoring uh, my parents and how hard they worked, and uh, and you know, th- that's something that that motivates me. Yeah. Yeah. Because there there could be that other kid in Miami who thinks that they can't do anything, yeah. um, or or they think that something won't happen. Man, I, I would not be able to recreate how I got from leaving Miami 15 years ago to sitting here with you right now. Definitely. Wouldn't be able to do it. It's crazy. But I stayed focused and I stayed true and I felt that I continuously had to evolve. Mm-hmm. There was never a fence around me. Right. I love that I'm having this conversation with you because there's something I read the other day. It says you want to be successful in life, find something you like, work on it for 10 years, and then see what like see what you'll be in 10 years. Like Absolutely. work your ass off for that. But um, nobody wants to put in the work. No, everybody wants the results. Nobody wants to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you you're in fitness. I don't know if you ever saw or heard of these videos, but there were these videos that were uh, when I was in high school called like I think they were called like eight minute abs. What? Yeah. You would buy this VHS tape okay. at the time on on like an infomercial, and you would do an eight-minute abs workout. And guess what? Nobody gets abs in eight minutes, right? Um, but I find that we live in a culture, and in, in even in social media, where everybody wants eight-minute abs. Uh, yes. Everybody wants to not do anything. Yes. Everybody wants to you know hold a wine glass with a puppy in a yoga pose in front of a cliff and. Uh, you know, want people to quote unquote follow them online, and and I and I always look at things like that, and I say, what service are you doing? Totally. What are you providing? How are you informing people? 100%. You know, is it because you're attractive? Okay, great. Guess what? That all goes away. Nobody. Yeah. There's only one Sophia Loren who looks which how she looks in her seventies. Right. You know what I'm saying, or her eighties now. But I'm 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 using it as a as as an idea, as a sense where so many people just want the it the right now, and they don't want to put in the work. But they don't even know what the hell. Or who the hell they are. They're just doing yeah. it for whatever. You know, like, there's so many women or just so many men in yeah. general that, that I, they're just posting or just doing something. Or I have met influencers, let's just say. I don't even, I hate that word influencers because what the hell are you influencing? Yeah, I'm not what a fan are of that you word doing? myself. What are you doing? I don't understand. Um, but that are apparently influencing and telling people how to work out, what to train, what, how to do things, or how to eat how to cook, whatever it is, but mm. they don't know any, they don't practice it, they don't live it, they just saw a YouTube video, and this is like, it frustrates me, because there's people like you, people like me, who've done these years of like, you know, putting ourselves through it, or just cooking, or whatever the case may be, and it's frustrating, because it's scary, it is a scary word, uh, world. Um, one of my friends, uh, Louisa, she also has a podcast, she did one with somebody, and they said, it's a very scary world, there's people out there who are putting out information, and there's people who are actually listening to it, and these people don't know shit, Yeah. and there's people who are actually listening, buying, and trusting these people, and it's all very scary world out there, you guys, so please be careful yeah. <laughs> of what you listen to and what you watch, because it's all, it's a lot of it's fake. Well, it takes, it's funny, but it takes years to become an overnight success. People think you came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, no, dude. I've been busting my ass at uh, at getting better at whatever it is that I was doing for this many years. Right. Uh, you didn't. You didn't. All of a sudden, know about fitness. No. You know, nobody hit you over the head and you woke up and all of a sudden you had all this wealth of knowledge. Right. You trained. You learned. Totally. And you're always a, learning. And that's the thing too. And that's the reason why I started a podcast is because there's people like you who I do want to pick. No brain. There's things in food that I love, and I'm like. I want to also be able to travel and I want to learn from people and also pick their brains and I feel when you're very close-minded you don't you hold yourself back from so much yeah it's you have to admit to yourself uh, or you can admit to yourself that there are things you don't know you don't know yes and when they and when they pop up you're like wow I didn't know I didn't know that I love that because you don't know people call you an expert I'm like I'm not an expert I know a lot yeah about food and wine and and spirits but to say I'm an expert, never. Yeah. No, never. I, I always want to learn more, and I'm always going to learn more. And technology changes, so information's going to change totally. constantly. Right. Science changes, or not science changes, but you know the evolution of, of scientifically how something is made changes. Right. I mean, if you would have told me ten years ago, uh, one day, you know, in ten years from now, 
you will have ha you know, over half a million people following you. I'll be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Did I, do I become a cult leader? Mm -hmm. Like what, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what does that mean? Right. Um, and it, numbers of followers and all, that's all insignificant. It's, it's, it's significant in a monetary sense and I get that. Yeah. You know, I'm not stupid. Um, but is it significant in who you are as a human being? No. No. All these things can go away. Totally. From one day to the next. A perfect example is that app uh, Vine where you had all these folks that were making tons of money on that. Right. And it became absorbed. It was purchased by whoever bought it. I don't know. It was Twitter or whoever. I can't remember because I had an account and I never used it. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't remember. Um, and then their careers just disappeared. Uh, I, I'm always advising people in social media. Like you, you were telling me earlier that you don't have Twitter. And I, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for Twitter because Twitter, it's, it's, yeah, Twitter's made global impact. Right. Please. Things, remember there was a tweet in Egypt and stuff went crazy overnight right, in right. Egypt. Guess what? Kim Kardashian can post her butt on Instagram and it's not changing governments. Good for her. Make the money all you want to do. But there, Twitter has this kind of global impact and a global conversation. Yeah. It's not just about liking a picture yeah. and swiping through. I like that. Yeah. There's, there's a real impact there. I'm surprised I'm not on it already because I'm really about that. And I'm like, maybe that's what I'm, maybe I'm stuck up in the Instagram clout right now of like figure, thinking like that's the direction I need to go. No, I mean, fair enough. But at, at the end of the day, um, your Instagram controls everything yeah. that you do when it comes to Instagram and Facebook. Right. Um, they decide who sees and who doesn't see your, your content. And why am I going to leave it in, in their hands? Uh, that's why you so see you have a, you have a website. Develop your website because you have full control right. of your of your website and what you put up on there. And everything else is just icing on a cake. True, very true. Um, so when you started social media, mm -hmm. you, we were just talking about this before yeah. we started podcast. Um, when did it start blowing up? Oof. So funny story of how I got into social media. It I had a job like you know I said I'm, I worked at restaurants. I worked in catering. Um, I also had a job traveling the United States as a representative for a car company. Oh, wow. I used to work at auto shows. That's, I used to be the shyest kid in the world and that's how I learned how to talk to people. That's how I learned to talk to big groups of people. That's how I learned how to speak to people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and that's also how I started creating food content because I was always the friend that you would call in every city and be like, hey, Eddie, I'm in Austin. Hey, I'm in Kansas City. Where do I go eat? Where do I go have a drink? I've already been to all these places. That was my thing. I, I would that. get out of work and I would go explore a city. And I'll never forget, I was working in a fancy place called Aspen, Colorado. And I'm standing outside, Cuban kid from Miami, freezing his ass off in February. And like the only North Face jacket I've ever owned because oh it was given gosh. to me by the car company. So I'm there freezing my butt off with a, with a tablet device trying to get people to like test drive a car. And uh, I'll never forget, I see this dude roll up probably about 100, 150 feet away from me. In, in this little shopping center, and he's in like full cycling gear, like full cycling gear, like you know the camel toe shorts, oh the God. helmet, the tights, and it's like 15 degrees outside. I'm like, this dude's crazy. Yeah. And there, you know, there were some 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 pretty girls there, and he starts talking to the girls. I'm like, mira, este tipo thinking he's Lance Armstrong there, trying to mack to these girls, blah blah blah. But he turns around, and it's Lance Armstrong. Oh my gosh. So this was way before his scandal. Right. And I had my own personal Twitter at the time. It wasn't the Yum Yum Foodie. And I just, me being the cynical asshole that I am, I made fun of him. But in a funny way, I was like, oh, like Lance Armstrong's working really hard training in, in Aspen, blah, blah, blah. Right. Put my phone away. X amount of time goes by. Hour or two, I start hearing a beep. I look down. My phone is at like 5%. Uh, and Lance Armstrong had responded to me on Twitter. Oh, wow. I don't remember what it was, but it was something silly back. Right. Before I knew it, it spread like wildfire. He had, you know, millions of folks that followed oh him. Um, people were asking me, what kind of a bike was he riding? Did he do this? Yeah, like to that level of intricacy. And something went off in my head. A light bulb went off. And I said, there's something really powerful in this. I don't know what it is. But I have to make a mental note of this. Mm -hmm. You know, fast forward X amount of time. And I'm trying to think of what I'm going to do with my, with my life. And I started writing about food and I created this website and I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to name it? And, uh, yummy is something that I use in my personal life. I refer to cars as being yummy. I'm like, Oh dude, <laughs> that, that Ferrari's yummy. I love yeah. Like, you know, so, uh, yum, yum foodie just came out. It just rolled off the tongue. And I said, that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And I knew that if I could there's a famous movie called Field of Dreams and the quote from that movie is if you build it they will come 
I knew I had the ability to work on television. Uh, I knew I could convey information. I knew that I could be myself, and I knew that my sense of humor worked. Right. Um, but that was it. I said, what else can you bring to the table? I said, if you build it, they will come. So I knew I had to build this brand, the foundation. quote unquote, the, this, this, the Yum Yum Foodie, right. with me as the face of it. Um, and, you know, this probably was 2011. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So it's not even like too long ago. I mean, it is and it isn't. I it mean, is and it isn't, yeah. right? 2011, 2010, I really don't remember. I mean, I'm sure I could look back, but somewhere right. around that time uh, was the catalyst for what became, what became this. You know, yeah. and I was traveling around the country for this car company. And as I would get out of work, I would visit this, visit that. I would meet the chefs. Uh, I would talk to chefs. I would meet the bartenders in cities because to me, the bartenders are the gatekeepers of a city. Right. Um, they tell you where everything is good. They tell you where everything is bad. Right. They work their asses off. So if they go to a place on their one day off mm -hmm. and actually have to deal with people, that place better be good. Yeah. So bartenders were always my key to so any place smart. I ever went. Yeah. So um, and then here I am today ironically because of a silly Instagram thing that is so it, you know a social media thing started out before you know it uh, people started engaging me I, I write back to every single person that ever writes so to me so important uh, it doesn't matter how long it takes right. I take the time and I will always do that so important yeah no I mean I, I think um, it would have made an impact for me if somebody when I started out did that to me and there were several chefs who I have tremendous respect for who would write back to me on social media, yeah, um, and it did. It made an impact for me. And I please, I don't compare myself to them. I'm nowhere, nowhere near anybody, anybody course, like that. Of course. But you never know what's going to touch somebody's day and what's going to make an impact. So it's true. Yeah. Well, you touched my day for letting me do this. I really appreciate oh, it because right it really is just simple as that. Just really reaching out to somebody and having the courage to ask them for an opportunity. And sometimes you get a hundred no's, but you'll get one yes. And that's uh, all it takes. That's all it takes. Use a baseball analogy. If in baseball you succeed three out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay? Right. If you bat 300 in baseball, you can be one of the best ever. Listen so, to that, kids. Listen to that. We work with a lot of baseball kids. Yeah. Everybody wants yeah. to be 100%. Yeah. But that's not the case. True. All it takes is one time. Yeah. If you are not ready for an opportunity, it, it, another baseball analogy, you got to take all your swings in the batting cage. So when you get called to take that swing in the game, you are ready for it. That's what those years were for me. Yeah. Those were my batting cage. Question, did you hate working at that car place? Or like, did um, you enjoy it? Or did it just, did, was it such a great experience that you just told me? Like, I was very in a shell. <laughs> I wasn't in a shell, but it, this really made me evolve. Okay. It taught me It taught me skills of interacting with people that I didn't have before. Yeah. And it's helped me tremendously. But uh, that wouldn't have been a job you would have ever selected probably no. in the past. No, not at so all. So you had to do something you didn't like for no. a minute. I put in my 10,000 hours. That's right. You know, they talk about 10,000 hours to, to become an expert in anything, whether you're playing guitar or piano or whatever. It's 10,000 hours is like the, I can't mm -hmm. remember the name of, of, of who that's from, but it's a, it's a famous thing. And I put in my 10,000 hours, but when I was having a rough day at work, when I just was like, what am I doing here? Um, what would motivate me is I was building this. I was building this opportunity. I was building this this world around food, yeah. which is something that I love and I connect and I and it's just something that I'm passionate about. It's it's true to have a you can be passionate about many things, right? right. But I'm passionate and I'm, and I'm good at this. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not. Um, but I'll never forget it. I was I was working. This was the last day that I worked for that car company, right. and I was something went off in my mind, mm -hmm. and I and I said, this is the last, I can't do this anymore. Um, it was an engagement I had with a person. They were lovely, but it was it was that point where I was like, "What am I doing? Right. This is not me." Mm -hmm. And if I didn't make that shift, I could fast forward ten years and still be there. Totally. And I said, "I don't know what it's going to be, but this will be my last day working at this job." I went on vacation right after that, and I went to Japan. And I was gone for, you know, I, I got all the miles and all the hotel points that I had from years of, of, of traveling. I came back from Japan and then that's when uh, one of the folks that represents me reached out to me and said, hey, um, have you ever heard of the TV show Chopped? Mm -hmm. I go, yeah. Like, yeah, Chopped's cool. It's like my, uh, it's probably my, my favorite show on Food Network right, right. now. And they said, well, you know, the creators of Chopped want to talk to you. Wow. And I was like, but again, I... I it was great. Mm -hmm. I was honored. But I've had so many swings at that batting cage 
that I'm comfortable just being me. Totally. So if I have this conversation with them and it works out great, if it doesn't, I'm cool. I'm still going to be me. Right. I still go to sleep at night knowing I didn't, knowing I didn't hurt anybody and this is my life and I'm good. I had a phone call with the creators of Chopped and it was like family. And I had that moment of connection where I said, man, all of those years of you in that, in in that practice mode and and prepping was for, for these moments. Um, and two weeks later I got offered the job on the show that I'm a judge on now, Dinner Takes All. And three days later I was filming in Utah for a month. Um, the episodes of the show. Congratulations. No, thank you. Thank that you. That is so amazing. And it really inspires um, people like me who are really in this industry. And you're giving me, like I said, I'm, I'm so thankful of this to be able to sit down and pick your brain because I know there's a bigger picture to what I'm doing. And like I said, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's about figuring out your foundation, your goal and working your ass off to get to what you want to be. And then eventually with all the hard work, something's going to not fall on your lap, but it's just going to come because yeah. you know those people have seen you grinding well, and working. You, you were telling me about about me being me, me being real and the irony is one of the things that had an impact on me getting a job on this TV show was me being the realist that I am. And I'm a pretty sarcastic person. Yeah. And I have a I have a an odd sense of humor of sorts. And I'll never forget that I knew that I had to put pictures of myself on my social media because mm-hmm. before it was just a branded logo but I didn't know what and I didn't want to be that guy holding a plate of food smiling because to me that says nothing totally. what does it do oh this plate of food looks great I, what, who are you mm-hmm. I have so much respect for chefs and people that, that cook for a living and winemakers that, that, that I don't know that's not me mm-hmm. not to say I haven't done it before but that's not my brand I love that so, you're like that because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to be like this person too because mm-hmm. that's what they're, they're doing it right, no. but they don't follow truly who they are as a person or what's right for them. So they even though they're yeah. going through the motions or maybe they're succeeding, they're not truly happy. Well, I don't care about likes on Instagram. I don't yeah. care. I like me. That's right. all I care about. I really, I don't care about how many likes. I don't give a shit. Good. Um, I just don't. But there was a, a series of posts that I did as a joke to make fun of really self-absorbed people. Um, and I said to myself, I said, man, what can I do to show who I am, show my sense of humor, and not be like a, a, you know, a girl walking through a vineyard in a sundress holding a wine glass. That's right. not me. Right. Obviously, I'm not a girl, but that's not me either, right? And then that's where my stupid duck lips coffee pictures came I have from. that noted here. Yeah. The duck lit, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there was a a married couple that I knew and that was very into themselves. And every picture they ever posted of themselves was them, they're doing like duck lips, well, unknowingly. Uh, And it was my own silly passive aggressive way of making fun of them. Uh, And it took off because people now send me their duck lips pictures. I love it. And me referring to my show. One of the creators of Chop, the gentleman by the name of Dave Knoll, who's just, he's a beautiful human being. And uh, I have a debt of gratitude to him and Cleve Keller, the two creators of that show, because they, they, they get me. And, we, you know, when you're an, an awkward, nerdy kid like I was, mm-hmm. you know, you may not see it, but I'm a Star Wars geek. That, that's who I am. Um, it was amazing to find somebody who got me and understood. And he told me that he saw the douchey duck lips coffee selfie pictures of me. And he said, this guy gets it. This guy's funny. This guy has a sense of humor of the kind of person we're looking for yeah. to be a judge on Dinner Takes All. And, and it's funny because it, it initiated with, I had to come up with my own thing. Um, I wanted it to be silly. Yeah. And the hashtag, the longer it was, the funnier it was for me. Yeah. So it had to be super long and just stupid. Um, okay. And you never know where life is going to take you. You just, you never know what little thing that might be silly to you will connect with somebody because you'd be surprised. Once I started doing that, people were sending me pictures like, oh my God, this is totally, you know, it's just yeah, silly stuff. Of um, and people want to take pictures with me. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, <laughs> and then people after will this, meet can me. we take one? Like, so we can post it and you 
Like, a lot of people will meet me and think that that's who I am. That I I'm a guy who it. walks around doing that. And it's the funniest thing in the world to me. And I love it. I love that. Because I tell people all the time, uh, find a niche, stick to it, make a hashtag, be the hair girl, be the coffee guy, be whatever. Yeah. But be that, you know? And, well, like, keep uh, doing it. And everybody can have coffee. Not everybody can have a drink. Not yeah. everybody. So, I, coffee was the one uh, that that worked for me. And being Cubano, I mean, like, que Cubano no toma café. I know. You know? It's a yeah. hand in hand. goes right hand yeah. in hand. I love yeah. that. So, yeah, I was going to tell you, I want to take a picture of you doing the duck face. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do it. I'll make you a cafecito. Oh, we, okay, I'm going to take up that offer Absolutely. before I leave. Um, last thing, you said you're traveling. Where are you going to be going? I'm so excited. Uh, this So, one of the things that when you're lucky and blessed enough to do what I do is because, you know, so many eyeballs see what I do for a living or because I'm, you know, I, I have this... This, this show that I talk about food on, I love being able to really talk about the food that people are cooking. So it, uh, on my show that I'm on, Dinner Takes All, that families compete against each other. And some of these families are from all over the world. And, you know, you have a family that's Indonesian, a family that's Vietnamese, a family that's American or of German descent. And uh, some of them are making, you know, dishes that connect with their heritage. So is that what, it is? Is that what the show is essentially yeah, about? Yeah, the show is Family A versus Family I B. I love that. Um, it could be grandma, mom, dad, and the kids yeah. versus the neighbor who's like family, the husband and wife, and brother and sister-in-law competing, and you make your best Sunday meal. Wow. And then within this uh, competition, there's also game show type games that they'll have to play and earn points. And then they also earn points uh, from the, you know, the, the larger amount of points are from your And your you're judging. over there like talking to them and doing all the things. Uh, well, I mean, I don't talk to them while they're cooking. The, yeah. There's the, the host, her name is Kelsey Nixon uh, from Next Food Network Star. Okay. She's the one who's really going to be talking to the families while they're cooking. And then uh, when it comes down to it, we're diving into, you know, their, 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 who, who, who won Have that you day. had any like really really bad meals? I've I've had meals that were not as good as others. Okay. I'll say that at the end of the day, these are families. They're not professional chefs. Right. So I come at it from a different perspective than I come at it if it was Gordon Ramsay cooking. What's the best um, ethnic like what ethnic food that you had on Ooh. the show? Um. Oh man, I had I had a family that made some. Uh, Vietnamese food that was so good. Mm. It was so good. But then we had, but then we had a family that had one lady that was Dominican that she threw down some totones that were oh. out of control. So you know, there's a little bit of everything. Uh, but my, my my point is, I'm going to uh, Thailand, Cambodia, oh and Vietnam this Saturday, and it's a culinary trip uh, sponsored by the the boards of tourism over there. So I'm so blessed that I get the opportunity to not just be able to say that I went to a good restaurant in Thai town in LA. But I had amazing food in uh, Bangkok. How you know, fun. yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that. It makes me better at my job. That makes that is so exciting. That makes me so uh, jealous. But I'm I'm happy mm -hmm. for you. And obviously, it just make it opens up my eyes that obviously, if you grind and you work your ass off, you can be doing such amazing things like what you're doing right now. And the oh, opportunity will arise with the hard work that you put in. So. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for you to be doing that and I, I'm excited to see all the content and pictures you're gonna put out and be jealous of course but it's all good um, and last thing I'm gonna ask you for somebody like me um, somebody who is gonna be listening to this and be inspired by you you said you were an awkward kid growing up mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people who listen who will resonate with that um, and what can you advise somebody who's just starting out like just trying to become somebody that you know that maybe they're scared to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it was being open-minded. Mm -hmm. So the, the 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 talking to people is something that that can eventually come out. I think nowadays people get so buried in their phones and this social media that they have no social skills. Right. Um, doing things like what we're doing right now, having a conversation. Even something as simple as having a conversation with your neighbor, mm -hmm. having a conversation with the person sitting next to you on a plane, totally. Um, as silly as that sounds, can make an impact on you on you getting out of your shell. Right. And uh, more than anything else, is listening, not waiting for somebody to finish talking so you can speak. It's listening. Yeah. It's really taking in what somebody says to you. And and when I was so shy. It was because I wasn't the norm. Um, I looked a certain way. 
I played sports. So I had a certain stigma that, not, it's not even a stigma, but I was supposed to be a certain way. Right. I was supposed to be a jock. But I was a theater nerd who happened to play baseball. Interesting. I studied music. My parents were musicians. Uh, my dad was a musician. My mother played piano. She wasn't a musician per se, but my, my dad was a professional musician. Right. That's what I was into. But I was already designated in school to be an athlete. Mm -hmm. So if I talked to a girl, I would say a joke that maybe she didn't get. Right. Because you're awkward. Because I was awkward and, and I mean, I was into comedy that was a little bit deeper, let's say. Or I would listen to lyrics of a song and know the lyrics to music as opposed to just knowing the hook or something like that. Yeah. Um, be, be okay with yourself because one thing that social media does do is that there are groups out there of people with similar interests. Yeah. And that's a great start for anybody. You know how many people I have met, like you, lovely people who I've met because of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Right. People who have had an impact in my life. Think of when you were a kid, and I don't know how old your parents are, but I can't think of people that my parents met after the age of 40 or the age of their, in their 30s that they stayed really friends with, that now because of social media, you can meet people from all over the world that have similar interests and connect. Right. But talk, talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's not just about be, sitting behind the phone. It's about also taking the step to ask somebody, hey, can we talk? Hey, can we have a conversation? Hey. Absolutely. And that was the crazy thing is when I asked you guys for suggestions, nobody gave me any, which is crazy because who are you following that's, that's not inspiring you, you know? And that's where you guys really have to take a step back and start figuring that out because... I had to also take a step back a few weeks ago and start deleting people because there are very unnecessary things and people I follow that's like it's unnecessary to what mm -hmm. I'm trying to do in my life. And so take a step back to you guys. Take that note. Like you guys didn't give me anybody you were inspired by. Yeah. You inspired me. Well, you're never too old yeah. either. I agree. You're never too old. I changed my career in my 30s. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I'm just so appreciative for this uh, podcast and being able to sit with you. I really appreciate your time and having me in your home, um, being able to meet your wife. Obviously, I love being, you know, in places that are so intimate and obviously being able to share such common interests. Um, thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome. I can't wait to try the donuts. Yeah. Yeah, we are <laughs> sitting here. He's so excited. Uh, I'm scared he's going to critique them, but I brought mm -hmm. every flavor. But, you know. You guys, the donuts are just a little part of where I'm at in my life right now. Who knows if I'm going to keep doing them, but it's just a little fun thing that's going to lead me to where I'm going to be. So um, thank you so much again for inspiring me. I hope that this is going to help somebody who's also grinding and working and, you know, just loves food or just anything in life that's inspiring and they're interested in. Um, yeah. My eyes are open, and I thank you so much again. Um, once again, you guys, go follow Eddie Zamara. He is on Instagram as the Yum Yum Foodie, and on Twitter, what are you? On all social platforms, oh. I'm at the Yum Yum Foodie on everything. That's my advice. If you want social media advice, get the same handle on everything. Hell yeah. Okay. Everything. If it's too long for Twitter, then you better shorten your Instagram. For sure. Make sure that everything is exactly the same across the board. Cool. Word of advice. All right, you guys. <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah. again. My I couldn't pleasure. thank you anymore. Thank you. And... Uh, well, I'll see you guys next one, all right? Um, talk to you later. Bye.